yeah. Lead heads, welcome back to the Talking Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Lefty, and this is episode 264. So, hope you guys enjoyed our last episode, 263, where we had some great news from our watch sponsor, Defy Watches, Smith Bradley, uh, Jeremy Smith. And uh, they've got some big things going on over there. Uh, they're in an upcoming movie starring Bruce Willis called 10 Minutes Gone, and they've got that new TV series on the Discovery Channel uh, that's called Discovering Water, and uh, their watches are going to be featured in that uh, series as well. And then, of course, you guys have heard us talk about the Zoo Box. The Zoo Box release has finally happened, and you guys can go get your premium monthly uh, watch subscriptions over at Zoo Box. Uh, I think you still have a little bit of time. It may have run out, but you can still get that discount off the um, um, the premium price. So go check them out, Zoobox, over at Indiegogo. So this week, I'm bringing you guys, uh, probably, I don't think we've ever had uh, this category of guests before. Uh, but we're actually bringing in somebody from the print media side of the gun industry. I'm going to introduce Rob Manning to you guys now. So Rob is the current editor over at Gun World Magazine, and he's got a just a, a wealth of history behind him in firearms, and he's going to bring a lot of knowledge to you guys today. So welcome in, Rob. Hey, how you doing? And uh, I want to start off saying thank you for having me on your show. It is an honor. Well, yeah, and actually, it's not your first time on. You were you were with us in Poland, and Rob yep. was on our our uh, our first episode when we got back from Poland, and we talked a little bit about our trip there with uh, Rob and David and uh, Mike. So um, it's really not your first time. I take that back. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. This is your first time as a um, featured guest, we'll say. Yes, yes, and that sounds kind of scary. <laughs> well, you've got a very interesting background, and you do have a lot of knowledge uh, in the firearms uh, industry, so I thought you would be perfect to have on and introduce to the Leadhead Brigade. So we're going to get into learning more about Rob and Gun World Magazine, but first, Rob, I hear that jack wagon train rolling in. So, Gunny, bring that train in. Hey, Ralph, Semper do or die, hold them high at 8th and I. It is time for the Talking Lead Jack Wagon of the Week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, guys, the train is here, and we've got some jack wagons that we want to load up on this thing. And uh, I typically will start with my guest first, Rob. Uh, if you would like to, to take the honors, feel free. I would love to. I okay. would love to. All right, so, and this is actually my, my letter from the editor in my November issue 
I had to uh, do a little mini rant on the AMA, okay. the American Medical Association. All right. And this is in Gun World magazine. Yes, Gun World magazine. They, ha- they put out a little memo um, back in June about new common sense policies to prevent gun violence. Okay. I always get scared common... when these people start throwing out common sense. When they say common sense, you know what's to follow is not... <laughs> It's, it's not going to be either. It's not going to be common or it's not going to be sensical. It's sense. not going to be sensical at all, yeah. <laughs> that's right, that's right. So what What have they said? All right, so at first, you know, they had the whole thing about advocating for schools as gun-free zones. So they're against uh, teachers, anybody like that uh, having guns, you know, the, uh, you know, for protecting their students. Yeah, themselves or their students, yeah. Right, right, right. Which to protect themselves is, uh, you know, in our Constitution, it's the constitutional right for them to be able to do that. But right. yet the, their constitutional rights are being infringed. Yeah, so they're against that, of course. The whole AR-15 thing, the whole assault rifle thing, they got into all of this. The one, Now, one thing I will say about them that they did do that I actually kind of like, one of the exclusions is that they are actually okay with school sh- sanctioned shooting activities. So they're actually okay, oh, okay. with kids like, uh, you know, shotgun, skeet, you know, stuff sanctioned by archery, school. So stuff give like them that. Credit for that. Um, but that's like the only thing I'll give them credit for. Um, they're, if you read this little flyer deeper, they're, they're talking about not only calls for ban on gun sales, but actually ownership also. And they're talking about registering firearms and firearms owners being registered, uh, talking about the legal age uh, for purchasing any firearm or ammunition uh, to be uh, brought to 21, which since, you know, you become an adult at 18, I think that's a clear violation of the Second Amendment. Yes. Which I can, I'm kind of glad this discussion is coming up because honestly, our handgun laws of 21 I feel like that's unconstitutional. It and absolutely I would love is. To see that go before the Supreme Court and get lowered to eighteen, as it should be. Well, I mean, even eighteen is unconstitutional. Well, I mean, that's I mean, I mean, when you say constitutional, I mean, it goes against your God-given right. Even at eighteen, I mean, right. Even at ten, even at five, like you were saying earlier. I mean, my five-year-old shouldn't have a gun. Well, I. If they're trained properly and they can do, I mean, every per, everybody's different as far as their level of responsibility and their level of maturity. Right, right. And, yeah, my kids all start shooting when they're at five. Yeah. So, but I would not let them. But we have to and own and be responsible for that. Right, own because we know that that's not a good idea. That's not going to be very responsible. Now, there are sixteen-year-olds out there that are very responsible and would be fine with a firearm. You know, fifteen-year-olds even. I mean, I'll even go as far as to say, you know, uh, 13-year-olds. Uh, when, you know, when I was 12, dude, I was out with shotguns and hunting rifles. And I never killed anybody, never shot myself. Everybody's uh, different. Yeah, but, I mean, that, that's the thing. You know, everybody's different. Everybody's got a different level of uh, re- level of maturity and um, trustworthiness, I guess, is a good word to use. But I think that's that falls upon the individual family parent you know whatever that may be it doesn't fall upon the government to tell us just like wearing seat belts i hate that i think that's unconstitutional to to force us to wear seat belt if i don't want to wear seat belt then that's my own stupidity you know again that, that's darwin's theory of evolution survival of the fittest but at the same time i shouldn't have to be told by the government and forced by the government to do that so uh, that's my take on it there's my rant <laughs> <laughs> got you 
So you've got this article in your uh, Gun World magazine. It was a letter to the editor. Is that right? Letter from the editor. Letter I did from. My, okay. Yeah, you know, as editors, we like to talk, and so we have our little front page. You like to kick your magazine editions e- uh, off, yeah, every month. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and that was uh, for November. That was my upfront letter. Was my uh, rebuttal, if you want to call it that, of their policies and they're against uh, concealed carry reciprocity, also. And this is the um, AMA, the American Medical Association, weighing in on yes. our gun rights. How does that have anything to do with what their task? Well, and that's doing? funny thing you mentioned that because I, I pointed out in my little rant that they should focus on important things that they actually have an effect on, such as mental health. And they have, yes, exactly. If you look at most of these shootings, there is some underlying mental health issue. There absolutely is, uh, and that's what they should stick with their expertise. Right, yeah. Instead of weighing in on gun laws, how about actually doing something about mental health? And and I want to point out, though, uh, this is, is not doctors. This is their like they're lobbying group. So it's, you know, I know many, many, many doctors and I go shooting with most, most of my doctors I go shooting with just yeah. for fun. So, yeah. um, this is not representative of all doctors. This is just the AMA. Right. And this is a, a, a group, a board of, is this a government thing? The AMA? Is that a government? No, no, no. It's, uh, no, it's, uh, okay. It's, it's like I said, it's like a it's lobbying their group. industry group. Okay. Um, but that's now the it. funny thing. I got, I got a one thing I wanted to yeah. point out too, and I, I actually did not put this in my rant. But the AMA, you know, positioning themselves about the NRA, and then you want to start talking about morals and, and virtue and stuff like that. Now I find it interesting as far as um, discrimination and stuff like that. The NRA was actually the first national organization to allow minorities and black folks into it. The mm-hmm. AMA, believe it or not did not allow black people until the 80s. And then in the even in the 1990s, they still had some of their policies, uh, kind of like blue book law type things, uh-huh. were discriminatory against minorities in their group. Right. Um, which is why um, there's other groups that had to form uh, the NMA, National Medical Association, which is the black doctors, basically. But they had to form up because they were not even allowed into in the, the AMA, AMA until the 1990s. Yeah, there you go. So you want to talk about, you know, morals and virtue and stuff. The AMA, yeah. hypocrites, you know, kind of hypocrites. Yeah. Um, but and and Rob is married to a black woman. Going to marry. I, I, I don't mean to offend anybody, but um, uh, so Rob know, I, is not I, racist at all. <laughs> I think for the for the and Rob is a white guy. Most part is your intention of what you call somebody and how you call it to them. But um, I don't know. I just say black. Right. And he's married to a beautiful woman. So uh, so he knows where he's speaking from. Um, but what I was going to bring up is, you know, you talk about the AMA and, and sticking their nose into um, stuff that they're not familiar with, with such as the firearms industry. Um, Mike Sodini with Eagle Imports has started a, a new movement, a new nonprofit. It's called Walk the Talk America. And what he is doing is he is bridging that gap between the firearms industry and the the medical industry, so mental health, where all these these gun shootings that are happen happening, you know, the left is blaming it on the guns, the right's blaming it on mental health, 
Um, you know, there's a, a, a bit of both that come into play that, that causes this, this chaos when we have these mass shootings. Um, but nobody's addressed it. You know, everybody's just pointing fingers. So Mike has gone and he started this organization called Walk the Talk America. And uh, gun industry folks and mental health industry uh, organizations are coming together and they're, they're having conversations. They're discussing what we can do together uh, as different groups to help with this issue that we're having in our country now. So I think that's great. I wanted to mention that. We're going to get Mike on. Mike is a regular on the show. He will be on the show, and we're going to get him to talk about that organization. So uh, something to look forward to, Leadheads. Uh, but as uh, before we continue, I want to thank the sponsors of this show. Uh, I got so um, excited to, to introduce you, Rob. Uh, we got to thank <laughs> the people that make it possible for this show. The official optics of Talking Lead is right on USA, R-I-T-O-N-U-S-A.com. And you guys can go to their website now, and those new one to eights are posted on their website, so you can actually check them out. Look at those reticles that they've got for the hunting version, and then they've got the tactical version, which is the one that I have. Um, I'm getting ready to mount that today, Rob. I've got it right here. I'm going to show it to you. Now, I know you've been in touch with the guys, too, and they're going to send you some to, to check out. You guys are going to uh, review them in your magazine. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I have not used any of their optics yet. Yeah, so you're going to be pleasantly pleased. So this is the oh, one to eight. Oh, that's a good-looking piece. And uh, it's got that uh, that tactical reticle uh, that I've talked about on the show. Uh, I just got my mount for it, so Warren Scope mounts. Uh, Leilani, thank you so much for sending this. I'm going to be mounting it with Warren's X-Scale mount. It's a zero MOA. Uh, and it's a 34 millimeter one piece uh, mount, so uh, it's beautiful too. Can you see that? I can. Yeah, that's a that's a good looking good looking scope and mount. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'm going to put it on my 18 inch um, Nord Components AR15 556, uh, and then they also sent me a torque wrench tool because you know the importance of of your mount is just as important as, as your scope. So uh, I have that same mount uh, or the same wrench. Um, yeah. Worn. I love worn. They also have uh, that one there is for putting a mount on your AR. They also have one mm -hmm. that's a uh, little hand jobby thing. This one right here. Uh, yep. That one right there. Yeah. She for, sent me uh, both on a ring. <laughs> she sent me both. So it is very important to make sure that you get the proper torque uh, when you put your mounts on. Um, you don't want to over torque it. Uh, you don't want to under torque it. So, um, and each each manufacturer has their own recommended uh, torque. So check with your uh, scopes uh, manufacturer. Uh, but you guys go check out right on at rightonusa.com. R I T O N. Um, what was I doing? I was thinking our sponsors, Modern Spartan Systems. You guys. Uh, Heard me talk about Modern Spartan Systems, and we've got that big shoot coming up with Charlie Melton. They actually, that was supposed to have been this week. They've pushed it back another two weeks, I guess, due to weather. So uh, we're going to go out to Utah. We're still working on that. Hopefully we'll be able to, to make this since they keep pushing it. Uh, but Charlie Melton, are you familiar with Charlie? I uh, am. Rob? I am. I've talked to him at Big 3 East. That's right. So he's going to go for the next world record long rifle shot. 
and he's going to go. He's going to attempt seven thousand yards. Wow! That's seven thousand awesome. <laughs> yards. You know, he's kind of one of those uh, legends that you don't really hear. You know. People out there outside of the gun industry don't really know him, but that guy yeah. is a living legend. He is. He trained Chris Kyle. He trained Marcus Luttrell and some other ones we probably haven't even heard about yet. Uh, but we kind of have that uh, Somali tie. We were both in Somalia, oh, not okay. together, but yeah. we were both there. Yeah. Uh, so I was actually in the movie um, Black Hawk Down. The part, the caption at the very beginning. You were in it. Mentions. I wasn't in the movie, but they. I, I played a part in the movie. The uh, introduction with the text, it says the Marines at the stadium, uh-huh. and then they left. That was me. That I was, was at you. the stadium. <laughs> cool. That, that was a shout-out to your group. That's awesome, man. Uh, so that shoot's coming up, and hopefully we'll, we'll still get to be a part of that. Um, but Modern Spartan Systems is a part of that because that's what Charlie uses in his guns uh, to keep them clean and keep them super accurate. Uh, their, their products actually increase the accuracy of your firearms. It's been proven. Uh, so you guys go to their web- website, modernspartansystems.com, and uh, check out their line of products for your firearms uh, to make them more accurate and keep them clean. Modernspartansystems.com. Check them out. Uh, and then, of course, X-Steel Targets. X-Steel Targets. The best, most affordable AR-500 steel targets on the market today are X-Steel Targets. You can uh, check them out at xsteeltargets.com and look at their fine line of targets that they have there. They've got anything and everything that you could need uh, for the competition shooter, for just the everyday plinker, for law enforcement, for the three-gunner. And if you can't find what you need there, they can custom make targets for you. Call Bud over at X-Steel Targets. And then you've seen my swag. You saw my t-shirts I wore over in Poland and We've got uh, we've got tumblers that are better than Yetis. You guys want talking lead swag? Go to 1776united.com, the official provider of talking lead apparel and gear and kit. 1776united.com, baby. All right, now that we got that out of the way, Rob, <laughs> let's continue with our jack wagon train. Uh, so the AMA, welcome to the jack wagon train. This is your first visit. Uh, we're going to keep a close eye on you, uh, and hopefully this organization that uh, that Mike Sodini has started will get you guys off that. <laughs> but our next jack wagon is actually a listener-submitted jack wagon. Uh, how many times have I told you guys you have to check your facts? So when you see a story, don't just automatically accept it as true, as real, as factual. Uh, you know, we did the hurricane one. A couple of episodes back, uh, one of you leadheads had posted something about this guy shooting at the um, the hurricane and killing himself. That wasn't true. <laughs> so, That's been around for a long time. I, I yeah. think every hurricane that comes through. Yeah, that pops up just about every time. So another one, and this is this is a long time leadhead, and I'm very surprised that that he made this post. And he may just be joshing, you know. Uh, I think he probably knows it's it's a hoax. But it says, My jack wagon submission student puts horse laxative in lemonade because he was bullied. So this is actually not true. Oh, no. You guys are probably who have Netflix, and you've seen that, uh, what was that episode called? American Vandal. It's a mockumentary, which is a fake documentary. 
about um, people that go around and sabotage things, just like they're talking about here, uh, putting laxative into school lemonade. Uh, there's a video goes around shows kids pooping their pants in the hall and teachers throwing <laughs> up and you know all this crazy stuff. Uh, it's not real. That's it's fake. So, <laughs> so Kenny, if you thought that was real, then you're a jack wagon. <laughs> and you know I'm just playing with you, buddy. So, but I appreciate you submitting that. Uh, I think he was probably just testing me to make sure that I'm testing. I think it's just funny, so I think you just wanted to share that. It is funny. It's funny as all get out, man. So if you guys haven't seen it, you go to Netflix and you can watch it. It's called American Vandal. Uh, there was one about this guy going around spraying dicks on everything, <laughs> on people's cars, their houses, you know, their pets. I got to watch this. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Uh, it's on Netflix, so... Um, Nice try, Kenny. You didn't get me. I didn't fall for it, uh, but I appreciate it. But a real jack wagon, uh, and this ties in with uh, with our topic today. Uh, we've got uh, Rob Manning on the show with us, editor of Gun World Magazine. And I don't know how I missed this, um, and I may have, but I don't think I did. But Kroger, which is one of my favorite grocery stores, I love shopping at Kroger, uh, get my gas there, you know, get the points for buying groceries and stuff. So sometimes you can get up to like 10, 20 cents off per gallon. Love that. Um, but earlier this year, they started pulling uh, their gun magazines from stores. And I didn't actually realize this because I don't typically buy my magazines at Kroger anyway. Uh, yeah, they did this. It was around March this year. Uh, Kroger announced that it will pull popular gun magazines from their stores. Uh, and among... Um, titles like Guns and Ammo, Firearms News, Recoil, SWAT, Gun World Magazine was one of those as well. So Kroger is going to be joining my jack wagon train. They, I think they, they're attributing it to um, lower sales or something like that, but I think it's just them jumping on that bandwagon trying to get that, that small niche market you know, of people uh, so they get some sort of recognition during all this um, bandwagon like Dicks and REI and who else? Who are some of the other companies that jumped on that? It's a major I think that would take up a, a whole show of yours just mentioning the names. There's right, a lot of- right. So Kroger uh, is my jack wagon, and it had nothing to do with diminishing sales. It you know it was everything to do with them jumping on no, that bandwagon. It happened bandwagon. that same week. Yeah, it happened the same week. So. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter when you do it. We will come back and find you and throw you on the jack wagon train. So Kroger, just because you thought you got away with it, you didn't. <laughs> we well, you know you. the bad thing about this. The uh, I mean, you look at FBI crime statistics, and there is 800 murders per year with rifles, and that's all rifles, not assault rifles. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote assault rifles. 800 a year. 30,000 people die drinking and driving, and I think there's an estimated 70,000 alcohol-related deaths per year, but yet Kroger's still selling alcohol. Yeah, and cigarettes, tobacco. I mean, think about all the mouth cancer and lung cancer and, you know, all that. So, And they're still selling gas for the vehicles for all the – I mean, how many just traffic accidents? (laughs) We actually do need to drive, though. Well, we do, but we also do need to have the ability to protect ourselves as well. Oh, I agree. I'm going to slap somebody with a But magazine. we can walk. I mean, you can still walk. You can still ride a bicycle. 
You know, there's other modes of transportation that people could use. I mean, look at uh, in Japan and in China, they use bikes. Uh, when we were over in Poland, I mean, people were walking everywhere. They walked and walked, <laughs> and we walked and walked. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. But we definitely got some exercise in. Oh, yeah, yeah. We like to, in Europe, they like to walk a lot and bike and. Yeah, so uh, there you go, Kroger. Welcome to the jack wagon train. Uh, I think that's it. So you guys, you want me to read your jack wagons on the air. One, make sure they're real jack wagons. Don't try to catch me. Don't try to catch me off guard, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> uh, but submit those to talkinglead at gmail.com and put you know jack wagon in the subject so I'll know what you guys um, are sending me. Easier for me to find that way. Do you have any more? Anybody else you want to throw on the train before it, before it gets out of here? I, I think that's it for now. I, I think I need to... Um be, we we talked about me being back on your show again, uh, talking about Poland and all that, more of the trip, yeah. uh, me and Dave and everything. So maybe I'll uh, get some more jack wagon names for that. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, Gunny, get that train out of here. So now we're going to learn more about Rob. We're going to hit you with... Rob, question number one. How did you originally get involved with firearms? What's your earliest recollection of of being exposed to a firearm? Uh, man, my first exposure was probably about like when I was four. My stepdad, we went into, um, and this is how safe things were back in the 1980s. He had a um, a log. Actually, it was like a tree stump, but it was, you know, it was, uh, I would say maybe like two feet in diameter, and it was about, a foot thick and he had it sitting on top of uh, our wash machine in the basement of <laughs> okay. the duplex we lived in yeah. and he took me and I got to shoot his little 22 pistol um in the, in basement, the basement of our of a in duplex. the basement because it was the 80s <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> right uh, you know like I said I was I think I was like 4 or 5 and right mm-hmm. afterwards we had a beer together no joking um, no you had a shot but, of whiskey what um <laughs> where was this what state uh, this is in Illinois. I, okay. I uh, was born in Illinois. Gotcha. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Of course, in the eighties, um, Chicago wasn't that bad. I don't think with its. Uh, its it was anywhere near Chicago. Anti-firearm. Really, really small town. Uh, yeah. In the middle of of northern Illinois, eight hundred people. Uh, nice. As, as big as the hometown I lived in back L- then. Little small town. Yeah, we all. It seems like everybody grew up in a small town. <laughs> That's the way to do it, man. Like nobody, nobody was born or, or grew up in a big town. They moved there. Um, so, do you have, and I know you do, in law enforcement, military background experience? I do. Um, I uh, went into the Marine Corps in 1990. It was a week after I graduated high school, and I was in for ten and a half years. Okay, so you put the time in. I did. Use a Marine. And you, you said you uh, you were part of, you were over there during the Black Hawk Down incident? Uh, it was actually, I was there before. Right um, before? Yeah, I went in, We I was there for approximately like three months or so, and I got there shortly after the actual invasion, the little uh, staged, uh, the little beach invasion we had there. Yeah. Um, I got there shortly after that, like a couple of weeks, and was there and left. I think the my actual first night in country was New Year's Eve. I got you. Um, and then I was, like I said, I was there for like three months. I was in Mogadishu for a month, and then we went up to uh, Bardera. Would, 
or mm. down down to Bardera. Sorry. What's going on in Bardera? Oh, not a whole lot. A lot of camels. <laughs> a lot of camels. <laughs> a lot of camels. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, my understanding is a long time ago. It was uh, like a trade route type thing. There were weapons coming through the area, so we had a little outpost. There was one in Baidoa, one in Bardera. Cool. Uh, what's not your, a whole lot going on there, though. What's your fondest memory during your service? Jesus, the whole thing, man. I, I love the Marine Corps. I, I miss it. I miss it since yeah. getting out. <laughs> you know, I, I'd have to think about this. There were so many of them. Um, First one comes to mind that you can talk about. <laughs> I can't. Well, that's the problem, what I can talk about. This is yeah. a family show, right? <laughs> no, it's not. It's really not. It's adults. <laughs> you know, if you got kids listening, uh, plug their ears. <laughs> well, it's not, I mean, it's not really a specific event, but, you know, being 18 years old and over in the Philippines, it was before we shut our Philippine bases down, um, there was just a lot of fun uh some of the events that went on and yeah. any of the military guys once uh, in a lifetime in, experiences yeah. exactly um getting tattoos and drinking and just what's your first the, tattoo you got as uh, a serviceman first tattoo i got was right out of boot camp it was during my uh, marine Co- marine combat training mct um right before school of infantry um i went to san diego and got a little it's a skull with a dagger in its mouth and a Marine Corps hat. It says USMC on it. Nice. There it is. <laughs> that looks like a first tattoo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's our boot tattoo. That's what we call stuff like that. That's funny. That's so, funny. And then shortly afterwards, went to the Philippines, and I got like eight tattoos there. Okay, nice. So you, you're tatted up. Yeah, they're like, I mean, they're 25 bucks a piece. Or they're sometimes 10 bucks. I mean, they're cheap, cheap. Yeah, I can see they were. <laughs> Just yeah. teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> so um is there well let me ask you this what's the uh, first firearm that you that you purchased yourself that you could call your own that was your firearm when i was 16 i bought a 12 gauge shotgun for go. deer hunting we in the county where i was at in wisconsin at the time we could only use shotguns for deer hunting so gotcha now you're in wisconsin now right we can say that Yes. Yes. Okay. I, I actually moved to Wisconsin when I was five. I was in or six. I was in first grade. We moved to Wisconsin, grew up there my whole life, went to the Marine Corps, um, got out in late 2000, early 2012. Uh, yeah. Uh, November 2000, I got out. And then I stayed in Tampa for a while. I was at U.S. CENTCOM when I got out and transitioned. I became a contractor at U.S. SOCOM for a very short time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, and my plan was either to stay in Florida or move to Texas. I, I love Texas. I was stationed there for a while, but I ended up my wife's job. We ended up moving back to Wisconsin, ironically, where I was from. And that's where we've been ever since. Yeah. And your wife's a doctor, right? She is. Yeah. yeah. So that's another reason, you know, he's got such good knowledge of the AMA and that stuff. So. Yeah. I, I get their little, uh, I don't, you know, you know, actually my wife forwarded me the newsletter. She's why she's like, you gotta she see this. Yeah. Keeps you in the know. There you go. Yep. So that was the shot. Okay, what's your first handgun that you owned? First handgun I owned. I purchased a little Walther PPK. PPK? And a, yeah, it was around, I think, 1996. Around be like James the, Bond, didn't you? At the time, I was going through this thing where I was watching all the James Bond movies. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> on, on VHS. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I, I went out and bought one. Awesome. That was uh, actually, that is 
kind of what got me into it as well. And that was the the gun that I wanted to own, the first one that I wanted. But I couldn't find one. Couldn't find a Walther PPK. Ended up buying a Glock 17. Nice. Was my, my very first handgun. You know. When was that? Um, Right about, it was right before we started doing Talking Lead, because that's one of the reasons why I wanted to start doing this podcast was uh, I was just getting into uh, and interested in our Second Amendment rights. And up until then, uh, I guess it was probably about eight, eight or nine years ago, uh, was my first handgun that I personally owned. Now, I'd had revolvers and things like that uh, that my dad had. And, of course, always had rifles and shotguns and, you know, growing up, you know, I was like five when I was blowing stuff up at the <laughs> in the backyard with the with the uh, 410. But um, that's why I started the show is, is, you know, I wanted to learn more about not just handguns, but also, you know, our Second Amendment rights, uh, our right to carry, uh, the laws, the safety, the training. You know, there's more to it than just carrying. You you have to know um, how to use your firearm, when to use your firearm. It's a huge responsibility. You know, it's not just, you know, I'm getting this gun to protect myself. Well, you also have to think about the responsibilities that come along with owning that gun. And if you use that gun, because you're responsible for that bullet as soon as it leaves that barrel, even, bef- leaves, even before, even before it leaves the barrel, you're responsible for it because somebody could take your gun. You're responsible for that, you know, as well. Yeah, and I got and, little kids uh, living in the house and, you know, yeah. I mean, you have to be aware of that. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's a huge responsibility and it's not for everybody. It's not. And I, I don't recommend everyone carry a firearm, even though it's your right, you may not be mentally physically able capable to responsibly do that well and, and as far as self-defense there are some people who are not mentally capable of handling the repercussions of shooting somebody right um and and just for an example and i you know i always talk about there's two types of people in the world there's breakers and fixers and my wife of course being a doctor is a fixer mm-hmm. and so for her shooting somebody and and killing them is not something that she really wants to do. So, right. you know, for her, we looked at alternate stuff like tasers and, and things like that because, you know, she would if she had to. And my wife is actually, she's, she's kind of a little badass. She's, uh, <laughs> next month she becomes black belt. Okay. And, uh, well, uh, that... Jido yeah. uh, which is uh, kind of like what Bruce Lee studied. And she's also in the Army Reserves for five or six years as, as a doctor. So, like, I mean, she wasn't running around shooting people or anything, but yeah, yeah. she's a very capable woman and of, of taking care of herself. So she could shoot somebody if she had to. It's just something she would not really prefer to do. Well, here's the thing. Nobody wants to shoot another person. I mean, deep down ingrained, you don't – nobody wants to do that, okay? And nobody's prepared. No matter how much you think you're prepared to take another life – you're going to be affected by that. You don't know how it's going to affect you, you know, unless you've done it before. You know, obviously, you know, law enforcement, military people have done that. Um, and I'm not, I'm not talking about them. Okay. Talk about your everyday Joe. It's out there like myself. You know, I think that when it came down to it, I could do it. I think I'm prepared enough. I've trained enough that I would be capable to do that, to do what needed to be done. Would I want to? No, absolutely not. Wouldn't want to. You know, and that's part of your training is look at alternate um, solutions, I guess is the word I want to use, to to the altercation. Running is always an option. Walking away from a situation is always an option, you know. But if if you can't, 
and it comes down to it. Nobody knows until it comes down to that time where they're going to be able to do it or not. But that's why you train, because reflexes. Once you get your motor skills down, you get your reflexes, it, it takes that um, that hesitation out if you... If you have to make that choice, if yeah. If you have but to make that choice, yeah. As you said, hopefully... Hopefully you, know, you don't have, have to, yeah. And yeah. That's, that's the majority of people carrying right now is the majority of the people out there will never have to make that decision, and that's good, and that's what you want. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, aside, I mean, of course, nobody really wants to take another life in that situation. And, sure. No, um, nobody and, and especially to. also there's the legal ramifications of taking a life. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you might be innocent, but you're going to spend a pretty penny on lawyers to... Depends on what state you are, too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, you could go to jail and... That, that plays a lot into your decision to whether you want to carry or not, too, or the laws, you know, your local laws and whatnot, too, because... Some of those states are completely anti-gun, anti, you know, if you defend yourself, you know, you're, you're supposed to try to hide and run away and, you know, yeah, you, take I five or six education. knife stabbings you be before you kill somebody. It, you know? Yeah, it's ridiculous. So Before you carry, be educated. So let's continue with our line of questions. Um, what was I asking? What, how did that whole thing start? <laughs> Your first handgun that you owned, I guess, is what it was. Okay. Yeah. Well, first, yeah, first handgun. So uh, is there or has there ever been a firearm maybe that you're a little bit ashamed to admit that you owned or own? All of my firearms are awesome. <laughs> first <laughs> off, I like to say, I, you know, there's a lot of haters and bashers out there because everybody wants, you know, everybody's, hey, mine's the best. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's brand X or nothing, you know, and that's yeah. automotive. That's like NASCAR. Guns, that's everything. Yeah, yeah everything. I'm not that way with guns. I love all guns if yes, they sir. work. Now, if I get a gun, I, and I get probably because because of articles and because of photography, I'm probably getting in like two to three guns per week. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of guns that go through my hands, and if they work, I like them. You know, yeah. There's been maybe one or two, not a whole lot, that did not work, and I was not a big fan of those guns. But and this is me, you know, when I get a gun like that. I want to fix it. And I like the challenge of trying to fix it and make it better. So when I get one of those, I'm actually a little excited about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because then he's like, hey, I found something that's not right with this that yeah, maybe I can help them improve upon and make it better. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are some guns that I just I wouldn't, uh, you know, the, wouldn't the, give a the dime for. With, with that, and there's one particular gun in my mind, and I'm, of course, not going to say any names. And this is actually... Long time ago, this was maybe five years ago, six years ago or so, but I, I got the gun and tested it, and it jammed every magazine. Mm. And it was always the second round of the magazine, and it was the way it was tilted. Yeah. You could see the round. It was not tilted in a manner to go into it's the, the way chamber. It was feeding, yeah. Yeah, and so I, you know, I talked with the company, and their first thing was to accuse me of limp wristing it. <laughs> of course. And, and I told them, I said, and this was actually for my YouTube channel. And I told him, I said, look, I got a video of every single shot I ever fired through that gun. And you could see I'm not limperist in it. Right. And it kind of torqued me off, you know, instead of saying, hey, let's work through this and figure it out. It was just automatic. Oh, you it's must you. be limperist in it. Yeah. User error. Yeah. So, you know, I sent the gun back. They looked at it. I don't know if they did anything to it. And they sent me probably 20 some different magazines. And it was all the same issue. Yeah. And it was with their extended magazine. The normal size, it was like a, uh, it was a subcompact gun. Sure. So it was like a six rounder, I think, seven rounder. Uh, and the regular magazines worked. It was the extended magazines. Gotcha. So you can tell but, me what that was off air. Yeah. <laughs> 
So uh, when it comes to pop culture, what is your go-to, whether it's a, a movie, a TV show, maybe a book or magazine, uh, or maybe a, a social media uh, page? What's your go-to that's um, gun-related, pop My culture? My go-to gun-related pop culture? Yeah. Man, that is a complicated question. <laughs> it's really not. What do you enjoy? It is because, well, now, is you know, from our, we spent a week together in Poland. Yeah. And yeah. so you know I have a very eclectic taste in just about everything. Movies, guns. Let me do this. Movies. Mu- music. What's books, your go-to what's, movie? It's easy for me to say all of them. What's you your know? go-to movie? What's your favorite movie? Man, I love 300. 300, nice. With There's Gerard Butler. Same, you know, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. If I'm in like a mill serp firearms mood then i watch like saving private ryan yeah um if i'm more in, like current you know john wick those movies are just incredible yeah um if i you know if i'm in like my com block weapons type mood then i watch like enemy at the gate what's what's one that you're maybe ashamed to say that you enjoy it's a guilty pleasure um does it have to be gun related no dude all right this is embarrassing and i don't know if it's embarrassing because i watched this movie or embarrassing because i'm I'm not going to, well, I'm, I'm 46 and this is my first time watching it. But about a month ago, I have no idea how this came up. I think it was because I was watching something about Austria. Yeah. And uh, Austria is beautiful if you've never been there. I haven't. We watched The Sound of Music. <laughs> <laughs> For one, I hate musicals. I That's, hate them. But it was actually a pretty decent movie in like a really corny way. Yeah. I, I actually enjoyed it. I, I hate, it's embarrassing. Yeah, I hate musicals too, and uh, I guess probably the one that I watched that I enjoyed it had um, it was a newer one, and I, I talked about it a few episodes back. Uh, it had Hugh Jackman in it. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize it was a musical when I first started watching it. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you're talking about the um, the circus guy. Yeah, I can't remember what uh, Greatest Showman. Yes, that was actually a good flick. It was. It really was, and I, you know, I'm kind of glad right. that I. I you know stuck it out and watched it, and probably the only reason I did was because um, Pepper was with me and she made me. So <laughs> otherwise, I, I would watch with my family. I, I do a, you know a lot of family stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A family man. So what about TV? When it, when it comes to TV, what's your favorite TV show? Ooh, there's a lot of them. Um, I'd, I'd say probably number one, Walking Dead. I love Walking Dead. Good one. Yeah, I like The Walking Dead too. Like yeah, that. Rick's gonna die this year. It's his last. I don't know if he's gonna die, but it's his last. I don't think season. he's gonna die. I think he's just. He's just leaving, and then that way that How gives him. How else can he leave though without just dying? like to... just like Morgan left? Morgan left. Yeah, but Rick's. Well, I guess he could leave with his kid, but I mean, if he left, no, he's be dead. Shown, oh, know? his I baby. Mean... Yeah, his baby. That's right. He's got his baby. Yeah. So I don't know, man. I can't picture any other way of him leaving a show except dying. I just can't picture it because he's dedicated to his crew. He wouldn't leave them. Well, unless it was unless he's saving one of their lives that he has to leave. You know, Could maybe be. Yeah. maybe somebody's like, hey, because they're gonna they're trying to overthrow him. You know, Maggie at the end of it, Maggie and Daryl and Jesus. You know, well, that was the cliffhanger. I don't think they're actually gonna try to overthrow. I think they, him. I think that's probably what's gonna make him leave. I think they're going to say, hey, but dude. he's never really wanted to be in charge though. It was just kind of put at his feet. Yeah, I think he'd be fine with letting Maggie run the show. Well, I think he probably would too, but I don't know. We'll see. I mean, that's why they do what they do. They leave us hanging. I like uh, X Files. X Files is my go-to. I can watch over and over and over and over and over and over again. Probably because there's like thirty seasons. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's you know, a lot of different episodes. Show. Have you seen the the new uh, reboot of it? Well, I saw the um, where they continued. 
the seasons. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't just like a reboot. Last year they did. Uh, they just started it up again after. Yeah, like, it wasn't 20. a reboot. They just continued it. Yeah, That's I loved I mean. it. Yeah, yeah. Loved it. Yeah. So now you know, I wanted, I wanted to watch it because uh, Scully you know, is hot, man. Love Scully. I got, I got one episode into it, and it was just so political, I couldn't watch it. So I, I, I just, I, I got like half an hour into it, and I'm like, eh, I just can't watch it. No, they, they got better throughout the. Have they? Yeah, they got, they got a little better. I don't know if they're still doing it or not. This, this Hollywood thing of these little, these little jabs, uh, little political jabs. Yeah, the little jabs, the underhanded jabs, constantly, and uh, they, it's just it's they've annoying. always done it. I mean, even in they, Mash, you know, even Mash when Mash was on, you know, they were doing it. Yeah, so, it gets annoying after a while. I know, but that's I mean, you got to take the good with the bad with some of this stuff. Yeah. Um, so, TV, is there? Uh, you're not a gamer, I'm sure. You don't do video games or anything like that, do you? Why would you say that? Are you? Uh, because know. of my age or because of what? Well, just because you're a busy man. I'm a busy man. And you seem so you, to be more outdoorsy, kind of. Yeah, that's that's true. I, You know, I do. I love games. And okay. I love playing them. But, yeah, I, I don't have time. Yeah. I, I would love um, Call cool. of Duty and all that. And It's frustrating, though, because you get on there and these little 12-year-old kids whoop your ass. And it's like, <laughs> hey, I actually own that gun, you know, in real life. Right. Yeah, but they know how to use <laughs> it on the video game. I military combat training. Yeah, that you know that does not translate well to video games for me anyway. No, you didn't. You didn't have the unlock code for the uh, the cheats on it, so they can. I hate that. Yeah, <laughs> they get auto that. aim and unlimited ammo and all this bullcrap. Dudes flying through the air, twisting and right. yeah, yeah. Uh, no, Battlefield I, I games. Battlefield One, which the world. I'm a big history buff, but uh, the World War One that was awesome. Yeah, I've got that, that was, one. Yeah. I like that. I like I like Battlefield Four the the best. That's the one I really like. Those are good games. Dig that. But yeah, I, I do not play much. I'm pretty busy. Gotcha. Um, books, magazine. Now, you're an author as well. That's something that, Correct. that we need. So you've got a couple of books out. Talk about your books. Well, I have the, my first book was the uh, Glock Quick Reference Guide from Gun Digest. Yeah. And that one has done well. It's uh, They actually went into two printings after after the initial one. And now I just, in the past week, signed a contract to write the second edition. Nice. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Then after that, I I co-authored a book with Doug Howlett, and that was the Shooter's Bible Guide to the AR-15, second edition. Okay. And then I wrote the Gun Digest book of CZ. Very cool. And where can people get your books? You can find them pretty much anywhere that sells books. You can find them uh, Barnes and Noble. You can find them online, Amazon, pretty much anywhere. Gotcha. Now, do you have a website where you're featuring I, books? I do not. I used to have a personal website, and I let it go a long time ago, and I just never really restarted it again. But gotcha. I guess I probably should. Okay. And um, of course, you're an e- a magazine editor now. Yes. You kind of built up to that. Talk about. How? What led you to where you're at today with Gun World Magazine? Well, and I'm, I'm assuming you're talking about my writing career. Yes, your writing career. So, um, I've always been pretty vocal, uh, starting off with my politics. And I used to write our the uh, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I used to write them letters to the editor all the time just because, you know, most newspapers are anti-gun and kind of lean a certain way, and I lean the opposite way. So I used to write a lot of letters to the editor. And one time... Um, I was reading AR Guns and Hunting, and they had an article about the AR-15, as you know, as their name implies, they would. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of disagreed with some of the aspects of it. Um, they were anti-charging handle. I am, uh, I'm sorry, not charging handle. Uh, 
uh, Ford Assist, Bolt Ford Assist, and I'm pro just because of how I was trained on the sure. firearm. Um, it's part of the loading process. Yeah. Now we so, had a, you know, we I, had a discussion on that on our Facebook page not too long ago. We had one of our subscribers say, um, do you recommend getting one of the slick AR uppers, you know, that doesn't have the Ford Assist, doesn't have the dust cover, you know? Right. And it, it boils down. I mean, it's, it's a matter of personal preference. Uh, See, nowadays. for hunting, I, I use it especially, but it was part of my Marine Corps training. When yeah. you load, you know, you, you, know, you put the you magazine in. With, yeah. Yeah, you, you load your round and you just hit you just tap the forward assist. And with hunting I like it because you can ease the bolt forward and chamber around and then hit the forward assist and you know it's chambered. So you don't have to slam the bolt while you're up in your deer stand and mm-hmm. make a whole lot of noise. So that's a big reason why I like it. Well you bring um, up so anyway, a good I wrote this letter to the editor and the yeah. guy, you know, he's like, dude, you write better than most of my writers. Would you like a job? <laughs> and that's how I got started gun writing. That's cool. Yeah. And how long so, ago was that? Two thousand ten. Okay. So about eight so years ago. So I um, started freelancing. I wrote for AR Guns and Hunting Magazine, uh, Mark Ollis, and love the magazine. And uh, then I did uh, Predator Extreme Magazine, Gun Digest Magazine. I wrote for them for a long time, mm-hmm. uh, Modern Shooter. And then I also wrote for a, a little Wisconsin uh, newspaper, an outdoor newspaper called On Wisconsin Outdoors. I had a couple of columns in there, wrote for them for a long time, and then... Uh, May of 2016, I um, became the editor of Gunworld. Very cool. Congratulations, man. That's that's where you are today and doing a fine job. Thank you, sir. Now um, we're going to finish up with our new guy questions, and then we're going to get into talking about Gunworld magazine. Um, so the next question is: What is your next gotta have, wanna have? What's your bucket list firearm or piece of kit? Well, bucket list firearms, it's kind of different from the next gun, because the next gun I'm going to get is probably the one that gets in my hand. Um, yeah. My bucket list, I really want a 8-inch Colt Python. That's been on my list for a while. Rick Grimes. Yeah, well, and not just because of that show. Actually, I used to read, uh, it was a shoot 'em up series of books I read in the 80s when I was growing up. And the uh, main protagonist, that's what he carried, was the uh, Colt Python. And I've wanted one ever since. And who, what was that? What was it called? It's called Able Team. Okay. Um, it was, a lot of people heard of Mac Bowen, perhaps, mm-hmm. if you grew up in that era reading gun books. But anyway, it was uh, related, kind of same author group. Okay. Are those like little uh, paperback books? Yes. Yeah, it was like the Dime Store. You know, one came out a week, I think, or something like that. And gotcha. I was a huge bookworm. Okay. I was into kind comic of, books. I did comic books. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I never really got into comics that much. Yeah, um, I like the characters. I just didn't really. Uh, I like to read and like get in depth in the words and all that. Well, some of the comic books do that. I mean, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. anyway, so your paperback book led you to uh, to the, the Colt Python. Python. Yes, nice. and a few years back, you could find them for a thousand bucks. Yeah, but thanks to Walking Dead for, and Rick Grimes, damn it. Yeah, that's a lot of money for an old revolver. But then. The whole Rick Grimes thing came out, and now, dude, you, you can't, I mean, three grand. Three grand, three grand yeah. Things. If you can find one. Yeah. It's crazy. Definitely. And I've always wanted a, a broom handle Mauser. That's another one, and a Luger. Yeah, that would be cool. Mine's still the, the PPK. Done. Mine's still yeah. Walter PPK. I still haven't got one of those. Yeah. Now, of course, the one I'm drooling over, as far as, like, new guns, that probably my next purchase just got uh, Bill Wilson uh, from Wilson Combat uh-huh. just sent me his new 300 hammer. Oh, sweet. And that's a 30 caliber cartridge, uh, better than a 7.62 by 39, better than a 300 blackout. 
and it's in a standard AR-15 size platform, so it's huh. not in the big AR-10. Nice. Then what's called the what? 300 Hammer is the name of the cartridge. 300 Hammer. Um, right now, it's it's uh, proprietary through Wilson Combat, but he's trying to talk Hornady and a few other manufacturers into loading it as well. Okay. So that's um, you know something if your readers are in, or your listeners are interested, they can maybe talk to Hornady or Federal or whoever and. Now, I would, I would assume you're going to do an article on that. It'll be, yes, it'll be coming. Um, okay. Not sure when. I actually just picked it up yesterday, so I haven't even shot it yet. Okay. Um, but the, the cartridge and the rifle are pretty I'm intriguing to me. interested in seeing how it performs. Yeah, definitely. He's shot over 200 hogs with it so far, and um, off the top of my head, if I remember correctly, I think he said all but two dropped in the spot, or were one shot. Now is it is it supposed to be a, a longer distance than a three hundred blackout? It's more specific for hunting. It's more more accurate, has better internal ballistics, um, uh-huh. and because I've be gotten better. great performance out of my three hundred blackout for hunting. Uh, know, as long as I keep it under you know three hundred, I'm fine. I got no problems whatsoever. I have never used a three hundred blackout for hunting. But I have a associate, and I'm, I'm not going to mention any names because I, I like to always clear sure, sure. stuff like that before I throw out names. Yeah, yeah. But he shot on his ranch. He's a, a guide, and he owns a ranch. He shot over a 1,000 hogs on his ranch, and most of them with, with the 6.8 SPC, mm-hmm. which he's a huge fan of, and, as am I. And he always hates it when he has customers come out with a 300 blackout because they just do not – in his in his view, they don't perform as well on hogs. Most of his lost hogs that they've never recovered are uh-huh. from hunter black. Really? Okay. Well, I've not done hog hunting with it yet. Um, just more deer mm. and um, like coyotes and things. So I haven't really. And ho- I can see maybe because they're a lot thicker, you know, tougher hide animal. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that broad three you know three hundred blackout may have some issues with the penetration. Right. I could, yeah, I could I don't possibly. I'm not see an that. expert on a 300 blackout. I very limited uh, sure. knowledge on it. I have popped a couple of porcupines with it. We had the porcupine <laughs> conversation when I was over in Poland. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. All right, so what is your next? Laws be damned. Money be damned. Gotta have. Want to have? If you could buy it today, what would you put in your arsenal? Oh, that'd be easy. It could be a gun. It could be a vehicle. Anything. My TO weapon when I was in the infantry, the M249 saw. Sweet. Belt fed. Now, that's that's actually obtainable. You could still legally own that. Well, I have the semi-auto version uh, from FN. I, yeah. I bought one. Um, yeah. I do have that. Yeah. But I want the full auto. That's still attainable. Think, think bigger. They are extremely expensive because there's not a lot of them. I'm they told are. LeBron James has two of them. I don't know if that's true or not. I would say so, probably, yeah. But think bigger. I'm thinking, you know, no laws apply, you know, to hell with all the laws, to hell with any amount of money. If I could own this, I would own it. Well, shit. Now, if you're going to say that. Yeah. I'd say the the minigun with the A-10 Warthog. Okay. <laughs> I'll take the A-10 Warthog. With the A-10. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Or yeah. maybe an M1 Abrams. I, I mean, like the something. way you, you said that. The, the minigun with the Warthog. Yeah. Throw that Warthog on with it. <laughs> <laughs> nice yeah that would be uh that would be ideal and the knowledge to be able to fly the the damn thing 
<laughs> if I can afford that, I can probably afford the pilot to the fuel fly. and you know. Is everything. that a two-person job or one? I don't even know. The warthog. Yeah. Ooh, I don't. I don't know. Let's look it up real quick. I think it's a two-person job. I'm not sure, but it's so that cockpit is so small. I could hire a pilot to fly, and I could just man the gun. Let's see. So I'm on Wikipedia. Fairchild Republic A10 Thunderbolt 2 single seat. Ah. Uh, Twin turbo fan. Kind of referred to by the nickname Warthog or Hog. So, yeah, single seat. Maybe an Apache would be a better choice for me because I know that's a two-seater. And yeah. I could actually land have that landed like in a smaller area. I wouldn't need a runway. <laughs> Why not just get both? <laughs> there you go. Laws be damn, money be damn. I'll have both. There you go. Uh, all right, final question. Uh, if you could spend the day at the range with anyone... Uh, any person, any group, whether they're dead, alive, or fictional? Man, you know, um, God, that's a tough one. You know, I told you I'm a history buff, so there's like a lot yeah. of historical guys. I said a group of people. Um, you know, I'm going to keep it simple and just keep it one person. And I've actually, I've kind of run into this person a lot in the last few years. And I have always thought, you know, I haven't really had like a formal introduction. And I've always thought. Jerry Micklick. No, no, but I've always thought, you know, the next time I see him, you know, I'll uh, actually, you know, we'll talk and introduce himself. Because a buddy of mine used to shoot next to him at um, a rifle competition. He said he's like one of the nicest guys you meet. Oh, dude, we met met in Poland. We met in Poland. You met me in Poland. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, my second choice that happened. (laughs) See, I'm actually, I've already shot with you at the range. That's right, we did. So, but anyway, my, my, my choice, my second choice, of course, after you, <laughs> right. um, I lost my opportunity because he passed away and that would be the gunny. The gunny. Yeah, yeah. he is. He is a super, super, super nice guy. Uh, I had know, the opportunity to up into celebrities a whole lot, but he is one of those guys that just, uh, people are drawn to him and you know, it's, it's a, such a nice guy. He is. And he's a genuinely nice guy. Like I said, I got the opportunity to speak to him many times, uh, just outside the public. And he's yeah. just, just a super, yeah, down to earth. I would love guy you just want to hang out with. Yeah, absolutely. He will be missed. Yes, definitely. He is missed. Which is why we continue his legacy with the jack wagon train. So, yeah. Godspeed, Guinea. And you know what's funny? The whole drill instructor thing, because, you know, you, you, you watch like Full Metal Jacket and he, you know, he, he nailed that role. I mean, of course he should because <laughs> he was a drill instructor, but. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like when you're in boot camp and, and these drill instructors do that. They get like an inch from your face and they yell at you, scream at you, and you hate them. But yet, you kind of love them. You know, you even though you hate them. them, you know they're doing it for your benefit. Yep. And there's Saving so your life. Respect. And so with him, you know, the public, even though he had that role as a drill instructor, everybody just, you still, you love him and admire him and respect him. You know, Gunny Hartman, you yeah. know. Well, he transcended far beyond just drill instructor. You know, he did, so yeah, he did, he did. With his uh, other roles that he did in in some other movies, um, he was in the X Files. He was in early episodes of the X Files. Um, I saw he was in something else that I saw. I was like, I can't believe that's it. the Gunny. Gunny was in that. He was young too at that time. Oh yeah, I, wish I could remember what yeah, movie. Yeah, he's been I was in watching. a few things, but I mean, he's kind of known though. I mean, you watch like Mail Call and all that stuff. Yeah, he's known for his, his History known Channel that instruct role. You know, is it the History Channel that that was on or Discovery? Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. Yeah, I, one of those. I think they continued that one that he was doing. Um, I know. Lock and load. Lock and load. Is that it? Um, 
Is it? I think that's the name of it. Is I watch. I actually have it on my DVR. Kirsten, um, is it Kirsten Weiss that's doing that, or what's her name? They have had a couple of people on there. Randy Couture um, did it one time. Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, um, I think it was uh, the first the one. Terminator, the second one, the liquid one. Patrick. Yeah, Patrick. He was Robert on there. Patrick. The host. Yeah, yeah, he was. He's also on the X Files. And um, what's his name? Uh, Baldwin. Not one of the Baldwin Adam. brothers. Adam Baldwin. Yeah, he was in uh, uh, Full Metal Jacket. He was in Full Metal um, Jacket, yeah. He was in Serenity? No, he was in Platoon. Platoon, Wait. yeah, he was yeah, in Platoon. Serenity, Serenity, that's the best one. Yeah, yeah, Jane. Yeah, so he did the host. He was actually pretty good, really good. Yeah, he's a good, I like him. He's he's yeah. a good pro Second Amendment guy. He comes, I think he comes to NRA. And, when I find out these celebrities that are pro Second Amendment, I mean, that, that takes some guts, I yeah. think, for them. Because that, I mean that's your that could be your career, you know. You can be blacklisted. Well, um, Shane from The Walking Dead, also yeah, yeah. the Punisher. Yep, um, I, I love the Punisher TV show. That is awesome. Yeah, that's great. It's Second really season good. comes out pretty soon. Now you're talking about the the Marvel stuff here. You know that's uh, came from comic books. Um, well, we had this discussion. I like the characters that are in the comic books. Yeah. I just. Didn't really read the comics. But if you read them, you would like them because the stories, I mean, they're just like you're seeing on the, the movie there. They're actually a little better than what you right. see on the screen. You know, they get I'm in a little sure more they are, depth. But they've been out for like 30 years. A little so like darker. Start. I mean, that'd be like going back and reading like 10,000 comic books. Well, that's like sitting down and watching, you know, seven seasons of... <laughs> <laughs> whatever but, yeah but you can marathon that on but like you're a booker you're a bookworm stuff. man you're a bookworm you get through it so <laughs> speaking of bookworms let's talk about gun world magazine yes talk about uh, the history of gun world magazine for our listeners who aren't familiar with it well we it was actually founded uh by a marine and we in 2019 are hitting our 60th anniversary so we've been right nice. yeah first issue came out in 1959 um, and, um, uh, so we've been around, if I remember correctly, I think we we're around a couple of years longer than guns and ammo. Okay. Um, so, but anyway, the last few decades, the last decade or so has not been good to them. They've kind of fallen away into nothing. Um, kind of some, I don't want to say bad editors. I, you know, and I know the uh, previous editor and a uh, good guy, great guy. Sure. Um, I, I would just say wrong editors. Yeah. Uh, the last couple of not them. being able to touch base with today's generation. Right. Not really gun guys. Yeah. Um, and not really magazine guys either. So, you know, it's kind of one of those things they were put in a situation. Uh, they did the best they could, but so the magazine has kind of fallen into a state of disrepair. And then, in 2016, when I was hired, I was kind of tasked with bringing it back. And so we, uh, December of that year, we relaunched it with new, improved photography, completely different layout, completely different look. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a good-looking magazine now. I've, I've gotten a lot of it really is. Yeah. feedback from it. Yeah. problem is, it. you know, the magazine right now is outstanding. I have some great, great writers and, uh, I mean, even when it was in disrepair, there were still some really good writers, um, you know, just stuff didn't fall into place. And, but now it's, uh, I've gotten a lot of great feedback on it. We just have to get word out about it, that it is a high quality magazine and a lot of good info, good writers. Mm-hmm. Uh, accurate information. <laughs> yes. Not putting yes. out, not putting out fake news. Now, Gun World, you know, that suggests that it's everything 
firearms, everything guns. Is that do you guys have a, a specialty that you're doing, or do you actually we you know, are, talk about write about everything? We that you know that's a very correct assessment. We write about everything, and I guess to uh, compare it, we're kind of like a guns and ammo type magazine. We're not specific to any one genre. We're not like a handgun magazine, not rifles, not new, not old. Not hunting. We cover everything, which is perfect for me because of my eclectic taste in guns. I like everything. So we've even ran a little thing on BB guns before. Um, We've covered black powder. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, when you say BB guns, you doing air guns or are you doing like... I'm sorry, air guns, yes. Okay, BB guns. Like yeah, people think of like BB guns like little red riders, but right, right, more of or the pumps. Um, yeah, well, CO two pumps, but yeah, but these are the some, more. Some of these are actually you can actually hunt with them. No, nowadays. you can. That, I mean, the the air gun has evolved into uh, to where it is today. Like you said, I mean, it it's a. It, I mean, you could take down big game with it. People yeah. actually hunt big game deer and probably bigger. I think they've taken down with. I've heard with well, especially in Europe and a lot of places where they can't have real guns, and I, I say real guns jokingly, yeah, because um, because I, I, if there's anybody out there that are the air atypical gun guys, gun. like what do you mean real guns? Air guns are real guns, yeah, right. So, uh, but anyway, yeah, they do it over there. There's a lot of uh, development over there because that's the only thing they can use. Mm-hmm. Although some countries are actually starting to ban air guns now, so yeah. Oh, they're buying. They're banning knives. <laughs> they're banning knives over in Europe. Yeah, Lord help us. They got the guns. Now they're going after the knives. It's ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, you guys, you cover guns, ammo, gear, hunting. You do defense. Uh, so you talk military type. Um, yeah, we have uh, like for my columnists, we have a optics column. We have a personal defense column, which is a formal uh, former Green Beret. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, everyday carry. Hunting. Uh, Brad Fitzpatrick does our hunting, and he's a lot of your listeners might be familiar with him. He writes for everybody. Um, Great, great writer. Um, We have a woman's column, and it was actually, as far as I know, the first column in a national gun magazine written by a woman for women. Nice. And I kind of call it for women and the men in their lives because sometimes uh, the article will actually be aimed more towards boyfriends, husbands, things like that. And, and us gun guys, um, you know, if we are dating or with a woman who is not particularly a gun woman, I'll give tips on how to get them into guns, Mm -hmm. uh, how to get them excited about it, stuff like that. So, uh, great. And right now, Michelle Serino, who, uh, her husband is, uh, Chris Serino. Chris Serino from from Top Top Shot. Yeah. Uh, Um, great three gun competitor, both of them. Oh yeah. 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 Great couple. I, Michelle, Chris, they are some wonderful people. Yeah, I think um, I actually met them at Rock Castle, um, that shooting facility up in uh, Kentucky. At, yeah. I think it might have been Trigicon. I can't remember if it was Trigicon or whatnot, but uh, they don't remember me, but I did I did meet them one time. She is a legit gun person. I mean, she is. She, she helps her husband. Uh, they have a training uh, school. Um, she helps run that. So, and she was actually my training columnist for a while, um, just to give you a, you know, indication nice. of how knowledgeable she is on gun training. Yeah. She's incredible. So she's not just, you know, a booth babe that you see at shot show. She is a legit gun person. She knows. We would love to have Michelle on the show sometime. And I would love to have her on your show. And, and she, I, we, we had this conversation yesterday. 
She would love to be on your show. <laughs> I was leading into that. So <laughs> as you landheads know, I've been I've been putting the call out to our female listeners, the ladies. I want to hear from you. I want to know that you are listening to our show and we want we want to have more topics that interest you as well. So yes, we are going to work on getting Michelle on the show. And you know, it's going to be completely up to her, but maybe it might turn into a recurring kind of thing like we did back in the day with Gabby Franco. Um, so if there's topics, subjects, you know, people that you want us to have on the show as a female listener to, of Talking Lead, we want to hear from you. Send me an email, talkingleadgmail.com. And in preparation to have Michelle on, go ahead and uh, shoot me some questions. And you guys can shoot the questions, too. Um, you know, any questions that you may have uh, for Miss Serino or Mrs. Serino, I would think. <laughs> <laughs> so very cool. Um, so you've got, you've got Michelle doing a, a woman's column for you? Yes. And what's that called? Artemis Armed. Artemis Armed? Artemis. Okay. The woman huntress slash weapon person. It's like a Greek mythology thing. Yeah. Artemis. Yes. Yeah, uh, is that the female hunter? The Greek? Yeah. Okay. Hunter slash war slash weapons. Nice. That type of thing. Now, you know, we were talking earlier about how print media has kind of dwindled a little bit. You know, it's it doesn't seem to be as popular as it once was. You know, and people are attributing, you know, they're just saying it's dead. You know, saying print media is dead. It's it's a dinosaur, which, you know, isn't necessarily true. Now it's time for the talking lead back to fight the myths with Rob Manning. So Ooh. so Rob, help us help us understand why people may think that print media is dead. Well, um, it certainly is hurting. Um, it's it's changing. It is evolving, and it's I, I think it's just technology. It's just the way things are. I mean, you've heard most newspapers are are struggling and going bankrupt and out because people go to the internet now. Um, magazines are similar. You could go to a drugstore about a you know five years ago and they had a whole aisle magazine rack. Now mm -hmm. it's like two feet wide. So it's not just guns. It's all magazines. It's, you know, because it's all the paper printed magazines, but they're just doing digital delivery on their tablets. Yeah. It's still printed. Um, it's just in a different form now. I'm sitting right. here looking, you know, anytime you go to a website, a web page, that's still print. It's just taken on a different form. Right. So the magazines who haven't uh, switched over to digital media, they're the ones that are really hurting. But unlike Gun World, Gun World saw that. And they have since adapted, and you can. We get, have an app. You can get uh, digital delivery through. You can get digital delivery, so you, you don't want to deal with the paper. Um, then you got the longevity thing too. You know, you know, magazines wear out over time. They get ripped. They get torn. They get wet. With digital, it's forever. You know, and, and our spouses yell at us for having stacks of gun magazines <laughs> right? on the house, and right, and you don't want to throw it away either. I and mean, that's the great thing about <laughs> magazines. Is I don't I don't ever want to throw them away. I want to keep them. I'm a hoarder, I guess. Uh, especially you if they've know, got they awesome have that one cover. good article. You don't want to lose, you know. Right. Or I just haven't quite got through the whole thing yet. You know, I'll get to it. You know, eventually. Right. I've, I've got magazines from you know 15 years ago. I still have. To me, um, they're more like encyclopedias of information. They are. They really are. Um, but now with digital, with the digital media, it makes it even easier for you guys. Uh, so if 
see, hey, I read that article. You can go to the website, put in a search, and it'll go back and reference, you know, an article five years ago. So, you know, that's the one cool thing about it. I can go on my iPad and go to our app. And for example, if I'm looking up, you know, when was the last time I ran an article about a particular manufacturer, I can do a search and it'll pull up every magazine that has that manufacturer listed in it, which is cool. Now, yeah. unfortunately, we only go back to 2014. Yeah. So it's not like our whole archive of every. Now, do you have ever. plans of going back further and archiving um, some, some of your other ones? You know, that would be a question above my pay grade. Your pay grade? grade? I think it would be a, an excellent thing to do. I know um, there's a whole No, it's expensive process, as hell. And it's but, not yeah. cheap. Nope, um, it's not. Especially pre-digital age stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so, I mean, like 1960s era magazines, it'd be kind of hard to... But, but getting, getting those articles back out and in circulation would be priceless. You know, that would be, it would be great it'd to be see how... It'd be cool to, like, us gun nuts but to everybody you know how practical would that be you know how many people would actually want a 1960s magazine on digital to look at you know i think a lot of people would think a lot of people because i'd be interested in going back and seeing how opinions have changed and evolved over the years yeah true Uh, but some stuff is still tried and true too you know and it'd be interesting to see what's actually survived you know opinion popular opinion over the years Oh, yeah. Um, you know, in preparation for our 60th anniversary, I, I actually went on eBay and bought some old issues from like 1960 and 1961. And some pretty neat stuff in there. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, it would be it would be interesting just to go and see how the culture has changed and evolved over the years and see, you know, how the gun community used to be, you know, yeah. versus how it how it is today. And maybe we maybe that's how we get back to our grassroots, too. Is by by um, uh, organizations like yourself, Gun World Magazine, going back to these old articles and saying, you know, this is how it was done in the the olden days. You know, what what changed? What happened? Right. You know. Some of the advertisements are pretty interesting too. That's like what I'm talking about. Yeah. Rifle to school. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot squirrels on the way home. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's there's political opinions that are in those old magazines that people had. I'm sure you know there was some talk of of. You know, gun grabbers back then, some liberals back in those days as well. I mean, it'd be interesting to see how they talked about it, how they handled it. Again, the advertisers that were in the magazines back then versus today. Um, you know, that I think that would just be. I think it'd be pretty cool. It'd be but great. I think it'd be great. I think the it, cost benefit. You know? I think it could help us with our, you know, our existing uh, gun culture as well, and maybe helping um, to try to understand why. Um, people think that the way that they do, whether it's pro or anti-gun. I don't know. I hear you. Just a thought. You know, I have these thoughts every now and again. But yeah, so the the myth is that print media is dead. Well, it's really not. It's just evolved. It's changed. It's it's morphed into digital now. Yes. yes. So magazines are still alive. They're still very popular. Uh, some people still do like that touchy-feely, got to have it in your hand kind of thing. And you guys are still doing that. So correct. There are still, and I, and I still think magazines have something to offer. And, mm-hmm. and I, I think the biggest thing we have to offer is the fact that we have an editorial process that our information goes through. Mm-hmm. Whereas online people pretty much, it's like throwing crap against the wall and seeing what sticks. People <laughs> right. will say anything and write anything. And it, the accuracy, of it, uh, accuracy of it is like an afterthought. You know, is the actual 
facts, mm-hmm. you know? So there's a lot of, and this is where a lot of gun misconceptions are happening on the internet. So now for us, every article that's submitted, it goes through five to six different read-throughs. I look at it, then my managing editor looks at it, then I look at it again, and then she looks at it again, and that goes to our art director, and then we look at it again, each of us, right? and then take one final look right before it goes to print. So, I mean, you know, it's being looked at a number of times. And the reason that they're they're, they're doing that is because it costs a lot of money, because once you got it on paper <laughs> and you're printing, how many issues do you guys print a month? Uh, you know, I have to look that up. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, you're printing thousands and thousands of issues, uh, each month. That's in, let's say you got something wrong and then you have to go back and redo that. So, and that's, you know, it's almost like print magazines. It's a little bit more like forces quality control. It's more like Canon, you know, like for, you talk about your comic books. Um, you know, it's once it's there, that's kind of the gospel. Mm-hmm. Whereas on the internet, it's just nobody really cares. They just throw it up. Sometimes, you know, some now there are some reputable websites and they'll make corrections and things like that if there's any errors. Sure. You know, but but that's know, the thing. And that's my point is, you know, you can you can put it up on the internet, you can do it digitally, but it's it's a lot quicker. You know, it's immediate. You can change it immediately and it doesn't cost you really anything at that point. Right. You know, if you've got something wrong. Whereas in print, once you put it out there, it's out there. You can't get that back once you've printed it, you've sent it out, and then you discover, oh shit, we were wrong about this. Right. You know. But that's what I'm saying. That's the great thing about the print media is you get that that extra level of quality control because you want to make sure that you're accurate. You want to make sure that it's there. That you're not going to have this very costly error that's going to you know bankrupt your company. So that's right, why you know, you've got and, it. And that's, I think that's where a lot of the digital companies have gotten away from that quality control, because I see so many misspelled words or, right. Um, in, in reputable, you know, so-called reputable. It's like, how does this get through? You know, and it's, you know, some of that stuff, it's, you know, it, it's kind of like seeing the trees through the forest. You know, you, you kind of get stuck Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I, I can see where simple mistakes like that do happen. You know, as far as grammar and stuff. Well, no, I, mean, I can see that too. But in the print magazine, you you really don't see that because of the quality control, because of so many eyes that are on it, and you know, seeing it. You, you, right. It's very rare that you will see it in print. Right. Right. And I, I think one of the reasons why people have gravitated to the internet is the timeliness of it. If there's a new gun, people want to know about it instantly, so they go to the internet. Whereas with print, I mean, we're going to be two months behind that just because of our process. Yeah. So, but that's also one of our benefits is that we know it's not going to be fast. So we take our time and we do it right. Yeah. We get the right information. We can do more in-depth testing. Um, sometimes on the internet, it's more of a mad rush to we can get it, the information first. Yeah. And so the accuracy comes second, speed is first. Right. And then once it's posted, maybe they'll, you which, know, do corrections, updates, which or whatever. Which is exactly, but, you know, you, you say that that's the way the news is, the, the TV broadcast news. You know, it's a, who can be first. Whether we're accurate or not, we just want to be first to get it out there, and then we'll deal with the, the chaos after. And yeah, that's, that's what all a lot of them likes do. and follows, and that's... Yeah. Same thing you know, with these mass shootings. You know, they want to be the first to report, and then also, you know, the first he's got an AR. Well, no, well, he's not got an AR. He had a handgun. No, it was a shotgun. No, it was, 
you know, and then three weeks later, you actually find out what exactly what it was. And then, but like you said, the damage is done once they've already done it, uh, once they've thrown it out there. Well, let's face it, the media doesn't, as far as gun knowledge, they don't know. And, and I apologize. I'm not, com- I'm not comparing your magazine to, to, to that news. Just, that was a tangent. Went down a rabbit hole. We'll get back. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. I got you. <laughs> let's get Interestingly, back. Interestingly, there's actually a, a guy, um, anti-gunner, who started a website aimed at media with correct gun terminology so they don't sound as much like idiots. Oh, well, that's good, I guess, to a certain extent. Yeah. But I think if they did, if they started using the correct words and they knew what was what, then that would help them understand that what they're reporting isn't actual. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, if they're not uh, slanted in their opinion, I mean, I think I think a lot of them, that's kind of their agenda and they want to push the anti-gun narrative. No, I, you know, and I, I, I agree with you. But at the same time, I think a lot of them are just doing what they're told to do, too, and they don't really understand what they're doing. And they're just taking the popular term that they've been told to use, not understanding what it means and what the actual yeah. thing is. So um, it villainizes and make it makes it sound and look a lot worse than it actually is. And that's that's their goal a lot of times. But I think if they were forced to use the proper terminology and the proper definitions and um, descriptions, then they wouldn't be able to do as much harm as they do. Just my opinion. So that is our fact to fight the myth. So print is still alive. It's just evolved into a new form. It's not print paper as much, um, but uh, you guys can go to gunworld.com and you can subscribe right there. There's a subscribe button. Uh, and I guess it'll give you the option to do digital or paper or... Or both. Or you both. both. Okay. Yeah. And you can have it sent right to your front door. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Or yep. you could just walk on down to your local... Um, um, they have them at Walmart, Books a million. Noble. Yeah, you can't go to Kroger, unfortunately. Can't go to Kroger. Now, the one benefit to actual subscribing to the hard copies, you're going to get it about two weeks before everybody else. Okay, so you get it You even sooner. get it faster than digital. Nice. Digital, uh, hard copies, subscribers, about two weeks early. Digital is about one week, all before it hits the newsstands. Okay, there you go. So make sure you guys go show Rob some love and uh, start subscribing to Gun World. Uh, so, Rob, what do you guys have on the horizon? What can we expect from Gun World coming up in the next couple of months? Well, our uh, October issue, which is on newsstands now, we have a suppressor special, um, just kind of a little roundup of uh, some different suppressors that are on the market that we use and like and have tested. Okay. A lot of magazines run gear reviews and stuff like that, and one of the things I pride myself on is we actually test everything or not i shouldn't say everything but where applicable there's obviously some things we can't sure. test like you know that warthog yeah yeah um <laughs> but we, we we test everything and we don't necessarily do torture testing specifically but we do real world testing yeah what you would put it through see that's if you what used it. that's what i'm glad you brought that up too because yeah the, i guess the destruction test have its place but that's that's like 0.0001% of people who own that are going to have that scenario to where they do that with it. Yeah, it's great to know that it could do that, you know, it could survive that, but what I want to see is real-world applications and how it performs and how it holds up. So, yeah, I'm glad you said that. Go ahead. So, uh, anyway, and that's our uh, October issue. We uh, have a lot of good stuff in there. One of the big things to look for is uh, in 2019, our anniversary year, we're going to be doing some monthly giveaways. Ooh, nice. Um, 
and people will find you'll be able to enter on gunworld.com. And I, I can't say as, as to what we're doing yet. Uh-huh. Um, you'll they'll have to check in on the website or the magazine, surprise, but surprise. it'll be some really, really good stuff. Very cool. Yeah. So not unlike the Talking Lead podcast, where we have been celebrating our fifth year this whole year in doing giveaways. Uh, we're giving away awesome watches from Defy Watches. We're giving away AK-47s from Pioneer Arms. We're giving that is away... a great company right there. We had such a good time over there. <laughs> it was great. I want to go back, man. I know. Me too. Love those guys. Uh, we're giving away Talking Lead swag. We're giving away other items from our other sponsors and friends of the show. So uh, I think there's probably going to be another giveaway this episode, Rob. Sweet. Yeah, yeah. So, Gun World 2019, looking for your, is it 60th anniversary? 60th, yep. 60th anniversary, that's huge, coming up 2019, and they're going to have some awesome giveaways, I have no doubt. So make sure you guys go and uh, check out Gun World on Facebook. You can check them out on Instagram. They've got a YouTube channel, and, uh, of course, the magazine. You know, subscribe on gunworld.com, or go pick it up at your local Non-anti-gun establishment. <laughs> Non-anti-American establishment. There you go. <laughs> so, um, I think that's a good segue into our giveaways for the Talking Lead podcast. So, Rob, we've got this this thing that we've been doing with Defy Watches and uh, FLEOA, which is the Federal Law Enforcement Officers Association, to where we are giving away 14 watches to 14 vets. And we are, I guess we're 10 watches into it now, so this, we've got four more to go. So let's dive into our leadhead bag of nominations here. And this one comes from, let me make sure this is the right one. Okay. So this one comes from Austin W. And Austin writes, says, I am a new listener of Talking Lead. So welcome to the show, Leadhead Austin. I would like to nominate my father-in-law, who is a former police officer of Bryan PD of Bryan, Texas, B-R-Y-A-N. Below is what my wife had to say. So Mrs. W. says, my name is Jenna, and I'd like to nominate my father, Albert. For more than 32 years, my father's been a police officer. He's always had a strong passion for helping others, upholding laws, and keeping people safe. He has worked patrol for most of that time but is also taken on other roles in law enforcement. He has worked as a hostage negotiator, detective, jailer, although his passion is being out on patrol. He has also volunteered teaching other officers Spanish in order to help communicate with the citizens they come in contact with. That's cool. He loves to interact with the community and to impact as many people's lives as he can. My father is the type of person that will always treat others with respect, no matter who he comes in contact with, what laws they have broken, or how they treat him. He believes in treating everyone with respect and dignity. He's one of a kind, and I'm very proud of all his accomplishments and giving back to the community. I'm keeping my loved ones close and my firearms closer. Austin and Jenna. (laughs) Awesome, Austin. Um, So, yes, your father-in-law, Jenna's father, Albert, is going to be the recipient of this week's 14 watches for 14 bets from Defy, Talking Lead, and Fleeola. Congratulations. Send me your uh, contact information, talkingleadgmail.com, and we will make sure that Albert uh, gets that watch. And 
I think what um, what Jenna is saying about her father there is indicative of the majority of police officers out there. You know, the media obviously uh, with their agendas has has shed our our law enforcement men and women in a negative light. Uh, but this is the true, you know, the the true heroes that are out there. The majority of our law enforcement men and women. Yeah, so, without a doubt. So thank you for sending that in, guys. Um, we'll definitely make sure that Albert gets that watch. Very cool. You know what's kind of scary? You, you kind of bring up the uh, topic of law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So the very people who would disarm us as a population so that we have to rely on law enforcement, you know, and as they say, and, and I love cops, don't get me wrong, but most of them will tell you, you know, when, when uh, violence happens, they're, you know, five minutes away or, you know, whatever that saying is. Yeah, but, yeah. So they want us to rely on law enforcement. However, these same people are now vilifying law enforcement. So if they had their way, we would have no guns and no cops. And what in the hell? <laughs> There'd be no rule law. I mean, what it kind just... of anarchy are we going to live in if these people have their way? It, it would be like Europe. <laughs> it would be like living in Europe. <laughs> people getting beat to death with bats and stabbed and run over by cars. And now it depends on where you're at in Europe, though. I mean, I know, know I'm just teasing. They, we hardly saw any police the UK. when we were there, except for that one who gave us the parking ticket. And, and when I say Europe, kit. I mean the UK. <laughs> <laughs> the boot. We got the boot in Poland. Sorry, our UK listeners. You know I'm just teasing. We got li- <laughs> we got UK listeners over there, too. Alan, my good buddy, Alan. We need to get Alan on and give us an update of what uh, the situation is over there. Um, you know, I think in general, if they're listening to your show, most gun people I have met around the world are all very decent, respectful, good citizens. Yes. So guys, make sure if you've got, uh, we've got three more watches to give away. So make sure that if you want to get somebody nominated for that, you send us talkinglet at gmail.com. I want the watch in the subject. Send us the nomination, who you'd like to nominate, why. Uh, If it's yourself, it's fine. We've had several people that say, hey, I want the watch. I I was uh, law enforcement. I was fireman. I was uh, military. Uh, and we've given those away. Just send them. Send them in. However, however you want to send them, whoever you want to nominate. Uh, just make sure it's legit, please. Uh, and I trust you, leadheads. Talkinglead.gmail.com. I want the watch. Uh, and then, like I said before, I've been calling on you ladies. I've got a swag package just for you ladies. Oh, yeah. Um, not had anybody send me an email yet. Talkinglead.gmail.com. I've got some Remington um, apparel to send uh, a cool Remington hat. It's pink, uh, and we got a cool Remington Shooters Team uh, shirt as well. Got several of those and several of the hats, courtesy of our good friend Morgan Mills. Uh, you know Morgan Mills, the country music singer, and uh, Remington. So send awesome. send it in, guys. Uh, tell your wives to send me an email, talkingletgmail.com, and in the subject just put. Um, Put lady listener, lady listener. That'd be a good topic. I'll find that easy. So still looking for our first giveaway on that. I want to read a couple more things before we go, Rob. I know we've been on here a while, but I've got to go to iTunes. I always go to iTunes, and uh, I encourage people to leave us feedback, ratings, reviews on iTunes. So let's go and see what we've got here. We've got B. Bout Forest. Says my brother Alex K recommended me to this podcast while I'm working, and it's actually one I can sit here and listen to while I work and not get bored. How about that? 
five-star rating. Thank you, sir. We appreciate that. And thanks to Alex. Uh, Alex K., uh, you guys know Alex. He's um, won a couple of swag packages, and uh, he won one of the AKs from our uh, Talking Lead AK Corner, which uh, next month, it's going to be a great episode. So you guys make sure you tune in. We're going to have an awesome guest, and we're giving away that custom Cerakoted AK-47 from Blackout Custom Cerakotes. Is that the one I saw on your Instagram? That is one that Blackout Cerakotes did, but... Not necessarily, that may or may not be the one we're giving away. Ah, you know, I've seen some of their work and it is incredible. Uh, another one we got uh, says Talking Lead European Vacation. So that's our trip that we took, um, Rob and I. Uh, another five star. It was kind of like the Chevy Chase European Vacation, too. <laughs> it was, it was <laughs> the, the hijinks. Yeah, except a little more, yeah, a little more dangerous. More guns and tanks. Tanks, and- yeah, it was pretty awesome. So it says, thanks for the interesting report from your trip to Poland, the homeland of my father. Your discussion with Thomas Stephen, which he was the uh, the gun rights activist um, for uh, it's Europe. I think it's a European uh, establishment. Illustrated how similar challenges to gun ownership in Poland are to those in the U.S. In the second part of the podcast on Pioneer Arm, AK factory review and discussion, you definitely help people realize the precision and attention to detail that goes into an AK build along with your monthly AK podcast. You're definitely providing the AK a form for greater exposure and enhanced understanding of the platform's potential. Thanks again to Pioneer Arms for opening your doors and hosting Talking Lead in Poland. P.S. Great end of summer discount code for X-Steel Targets. A new Black Widow stand with a C-Zone... A 3.8 steel target and three additional round targets are on the way today. And don't forget, keep your AK closer. O Flyer 357. Very cool. So I'm glad to see that you leadheads are taking advantage of these discount codes that we're getting you for, from these companies, from our sponsors. Uh, it's definitely something they don't have to do, but they do it just for you leadheads exclusively. So make sure you're taking advantage of those when we give them out. So, um, Ohio, you've won a swag package before, so I'm going to go with Bebout Forest, and uh, he's going to win a Talking Lead swag package. So, talkingleadgmail.com, Bebout Forest, um, shoot me an email with your contact info. We'll hook you up. Um, hey, can I give out a uh, quick shout-out? Shout him. Shout it. Do it. Awesome. You know, I'm a big, uh, firm believer in locally owned gun shops, and especially mm-hmm. ones, guys that are knowledgeable and gunsmith. And all that. Yep. And I have a local gun shop here who does all of my transfers. I, I honestly would have a hard time running a magazine without him getting these guns in for me. Uh, MJ, uh, Matt Boge at MJGunshop.com. Um, great site. And he's actually in development of a pretty sweet muzzle brake um, and a few other things. But, you know, if people could maybe uh, check out his website. Okay. Really, really good guy. Cool. Has he got a Facebook page too? Um, I would have to look. I'm not sure. Okay. You guys go to his website, Leadheads. Just inundate him with Leadhead um, visits to his website. If he's got a place to send him an email or is there a link to his Facebook page there, uh, click on it and just say, hey, heard about you on Talking Lead. That'd be awesome. We'd appreciate that. Uh, we also appreciate all the companies that make this show possible. The official optics of Talking Lead, Ride On Optics. Check them out, rideonusa.com. 
X-Steel targets. Uh, you just heard about uh, some deals that uh, O-Flyer got, and I'm sure some of you other leadheads took uh, advantage of. They're always running great deals over there. Their prices are already low and inexpensive for those AR-500 steel targets. Check them out, xsteeltargets.com. Modern Spartan Systems. Don't just clean your firearms. Optimize them with Modern Spartan Systems line of gun products, cleaning products, oil products, lubes, and, of course, their TVT engine oil additive. ModernSpartanSystems.com. 1776United.com for all your talking lead swag and apparel. And uh, you go and get those talking lead assault mugs, the evil black assault mugs. You can get those at dip123.com forward slash talking lead. Still working on getting them over on 1776, but they're coming. Trust me. I've said it the past two months, but they're going to get there. <laughs> it's a good looking mug, too. Yeah, man. I love it. Uh, better than a Yeti, the talking Letty keeps your drinks <laughs> minutes colder than a, <laughs> than a Yeti. <laughs> I did a side by side test. Well, you know, I put uh, three ice cubes in both, let them sit there, and uh, the the talking lady still had the ice where the other one was still cold. You know, Yeti's still cold. They work great, just not as good. Now you're as a southerner. You drink uh, sweet tea in your hell, in your uh, cup. I drink sweet tea. I drink milk. I drink whiskey. I drink beer. I drink everything out of it, man. My wife is a Mississippi girl, and she got me hooked on sweet tea. There's a difference between adding. You know, sugar to a unsweet tea and having a brewed sweet tea. There is a difference. Oh yeah, you can't add sugar to to tea that's already cold. It has to be still. It's got to be brewed. I'm brewing it, yeah. Brew it with the sugar in it, and yeah, sweet tea. It's is about brewed. the breakdown and chemical composition, and exactly that. It's like yeah. chemistry. We'll have a show on that one day. <laughs> How to make the proper sweet tea? We'll do that here on Talking Lead. And of course, I want to give a big thanks to Warren Scope Mounts. W A R N E. They have pretty much every mount you need for any scope. Um, if you want to make sure that you're getting the proper mounts, you guys go to warnscopemounts.com, and uh, they will hook you up. Let them know that you're a leadhead. And uh, I love Warren mounts. I, I have a lot of them. There's, you know, there's a lot of people always ask me what's my favorite product, and there are so many companies that make some awesome stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, for mounts, I love Warren. You know, and that's something people don't think about is when they get a scope, you know, they just, you know, I'll just, because a lot of scopes don't come with the mounts. You have to go get them. You know, I'll run down to Academy and I'll just pick up a, you know, one of those um, single prong kind of scope mounts. But there's a lot that goes into mounting your scope and you want to have a good solid uh, scope mount that's going to that's gonna hold because you want to hold yeah. that zero. Otherwise, if you right. get a shitty mount, then you're going to have to re-zero your, your scope every freaking time you go out and shoot. Probably it's sometimes key. during your shoot. You know, it's kind of one of those overlooked things, kind of like a belt for everyday carry. People overlook the belt, but you got to have a good belt. Yeah. Mounts are almost the same exact thing. You yeah. have to have a good mount for that. You know, people spending thousands of dollars on rifles and scopes, and then they'll go out and buy, like, the cheapest mount they could find. Right. That, that's, that's not a good solution right there. Not no. a good plan. No, not at all. So uh, you can't go wrong with Warren, guys. Check them out, Warren Scope Mounts. Uh, and then, of course, Pioneer Arms uh, for our AK corner segment that we do monthly. Uh, big thanks to them. Thanks to Mike and CJ again for making our trip to Poland so unforgettable. Amen. Uh, they treated us like kings, man. I mean, that's an understatement. I can't, I can't overstate that enough. I mean, that 
We were treated like kings. Um, With the exception of that one hotel in your bacon incident. The bacon, yeah. Yeah, and they, they serve bacon that's like halfway cooked. So I had to, you know, I like my bacon cooked. They had to pull the chef from home. He went home. They had to pull him from his home and family to cook yeah. your bacon properly. Hey, I just asked, can you cook this a little longer? Oh, no, you didn't just ask. You followed her. Well, she, she's like, come this way. <laughs> I was like, okay. I thought she was taking me to the kitchen. You were like stalking her. She had to call somebody. She got on the phone, called somebody. He probably worked all night cooking that breakfast. Yeah, probably. I don't know. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I learned my lesson about the bacon. Um, But yeah, make sure you go support those that support this show. Uh, Without them, we wouldn't be able to bring you all this cool content and awesome guests like Rob. Rob, again, thank you so much for taking the time to be on and uh, sharing info about Gunworld. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. And we're looking forward to doing some collaborations with you guys in the future. Uh, Rob and I are talking and trying to iron some things out, but uh, don't be surprised if you hear more from Gunworld on the Talking Head podcast. Oh, yeah, whether they want to or not. (laughs) It's going to (laughs) happen. So, guys, we will be back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. Next episode, guys, we're bringing back a blast from the past, is all I can say right now. But we've got another big announcement that we're going to make. Next week is our trip to uh, the IREC Vet 88888 YouTube uh, range day. So um, this episode is going to kind of coincide with our trip there. Um, But you guys are going to be excited about our guests. I'm just going to leave it at that. So until next episode, Leadheads, as always, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms and Gunner World Magazine closer. <laughs>